This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutia Men Celebrity Interview is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. We're excited to look at the Champions League final, the Europa League final, and sum up the transfer dealings that are going on around the country. It's the season finale of Free Kicks on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. The following is a Tony Lozano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Hey Dave, our next guest, uh, I think I'm calling her a renaissance woman. Hmm. All right, she's a film and stage actress. She's a movie producer, a voiceover artist with over 600 voiceover credits. Oh. A movie studio managing partner. But what impresses us the most... Is that she played a wine-throwing woman in a trashy dress on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Please welcome <laughs> Summer Crockett Moore. Uh, and Summer, let's Summer. just ask you this right off the top. Did you need any special training for that John Oliver gig? Did you <laughs> Did you practice throwing wine? Like at your, your husband? Lots right? of yeah. hair pulling, lots of wine drinking, you know, just flashback to my college days. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it was, it, you it know, was a lot of fun. We were on the end of some of that wine throwing, the, the wrong end of that wine yeah, throwing in college. We, when we were in college, yes, that's true. <laughs> you know. My favorite part of that show is that they put us in these ridiculously expensive dresses. And I was like, we're going to destroy them with red wine. We're okay with that? Okay, we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Network budget, right? The money shmoney. HBO. Uh, They sure did. It was really, really fun. No, it was great. I watched it. A half a dozen times yesterday. Yeah. It's it, 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 funny, you know. And I, I paused it for different, you know, expressions and everything, and uh, slow motion. It was yeah. very cool. Uh, yeah, I remember. I was like, and it was live. So we're like, well, here we go. We get one chance to spill this wine in the, and I of course went for the girl wearing the white because I'm like, that's just make her look like roadkill. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, yeah, so it's crazy. It's been lovely to be with you guys. By the way, thanks for having oh, me. Oh, no problem. Um, so during the pandemic, uh, I'm spent a little time on Netflix and Amer- and uh, Amazon Prime, you know, and oh, yeah. and I'm getting to the stage where I'm actually running out of things to watch and I'm relying on the Amazon algorithms to recommend content for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And because I liked Fargo and Breaking Bad, I was steered toward a movie called Junction about a, eh, ah. two, two, three weeks ago. And, oh my goodness! And, ah. and I'm like Fargo. Oh my God, that's great! Breaking Bad. Of course, I'm going to watch this movie. Uh, and your portrayal of a meth addict in that movie was oh. just spe- It was it was metharific. I mean, it was just it was just spectacular. Oh, thank uh, you. Oh, I hope this holds such a special place in my heart. And you know, we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of that. We started that film in October 2010. So. Uh-huh. Almost a decade later, I mean, what an experience it was working on that project. I'm so glad that the algorithm had to yeah. find it. And uh, so one question. Um, well, first of all, you're, you were you produced it and you started it. Tell us a little bit about Junction and I did. your role. Yeah. So it, my uh, partner in all things, I like to say, my husband, Tony Glazer, wrote and directed it. 
and it was the first feature film that our company, Choice Films, produced. We had been producing a lot of New York theater, regional theater, and off-Broadway theater, and this was um, the first feature film that, that we did together. And Tony wrote the uh, movie in 2006, so this is you know way before Breaking Bad, and he had done research um, because a, a mutual friend of ours had a very very uh, significant meth problem and nobody really was talking about meth yet and um, we did a ton of research on it and just found out how devastating this drug was and wrote the movie and when I read it I was like we, we've got to do this it's interesting because I you know I usually get cast in you know very authority figure type of roles lawyers doctors right. or soccer moms and when I read it I thought I really want to play Kari. I really want to do it. And it's funny because um, Tony said, well, I'm, I know you can do it, and I'm thrilled you want to do it. Let's do it. So it was a big faith, I think, um, for him to trust me with that role. But we did a ton, a ton of research. And the great thing about that movie, and I think it's one of the reasons it, it made the connections between the cast so so layered is that we rehearsed for two weeks together before we started shooting. So that's huge too. Um, that you never do that, right? Huge, right? Yeah, no, I, I've never done it since, and, and it's one of the things that if we ever, when we're in charge, we always want to have rehearsals because it's um, it just you just you embody it mm. in a way that you relax into it, and so. Um, the boys in the car and I, that's <laughs> what I call, you know, we, we became really great friends and bonded so dramatically in the rehearsal period by the time we got to the first day of shooting. And we filmed the, the movie in as much chronological order as possible. So that, you know, kind of spiral into madness um, got to happen in phases. It was just, it was an incredible uh, experience. There's a featurette, the making of Junction, that's going to be released in October, you know, and it kind of covers all the different creative people involved, everything from score to production design to makeup. Um, and it's fascinating. I just watched it because we had to do some commentary for it, uh, and it just brought it all back. So it was it was a wonderful experience. I'm so glad you found it. And you were and you were really great in it. You you didn't have to lose your teeth for it, did you? That's makeup, right? <laughs> no. Do you know our makeup our makeup artist Amy L. Forsyth? You know she's one of the lead makeup artists on Stranger Things. So oh. you know she is fantastic. She took molds of our teeth um, and basically crafted overlays for us so that it that she would apply those um, every day. You know with the grime and the dirt and the glycerin oh. that just you know, my mom, when she watched the movie, I remember when it was in theaters, I was in theaters in 2013. She was like, honey, couldn't you have just gotten a little bit of lip gloss or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I'm a meth addict, mom. I'm like, no, mom, I don't think that would go with the meth face. Yeah, your teeth don't go with your dress. <laughs> yeah, I told you to floss. <laughs> Summer, I told you to floss and you didn't listen to me. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a question for yeah. you because I was looking up that movie sure. um, and... Uh, it, it's under two different titles. Yeah. So overseas, it was released under the title Hostage because ah. um, the international distributors said that Junction didn't translate in the way that it 
that it did in America. Oh, those foreigners. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and I was like, well, doesn't it? But then I was like, you know what? They were like, they're going to think it means a literal road, like at the intersection. And I was like, oh. well, it's sort of, you know, but so yeah, so they changed it to hostage. Um, and I okay. think on IMDb, it still comes up as hostage. But you can find um, junctionthemovie.com is the website where you can kind of see the gallery of images and all those things. Okay, yeah. That just threw me off yesterday because I had not heard it called hostage. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> I know. And they had a whole different movie poster overseas. It was like all about guns and explosions. I was like, Okay, sure. I mean, that happens. <laughs> the world would be so much better if everybody spoke English, right? Yeah, you know? right. See if you can make that happen for us. Uh, uh, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, you've got another movie, um, one of, or one of your recent movies, is The Deadly Legend. Um, I, have oh, not, yeah. I have not seen it, but it looks really creepy. It's got really some, creepy, and it's got some great, <laughs> great co-stars. And you got uh, Corbin uh, Burnson yeah. and Judd Hirsch, and yeah. Tell us, oh, it, yeah. tell us a little bit about that, and it looks, it looks so a little scary. This, yeah, this is amazing. It um, So I, I, I love to say I was just an actor in this. It was so funny. I would show up to set and like sit in my trailer and hang out and want to be like, oh, what can I do to help production? <laughs> like, it's hard for me to turn off my producer brain. But it was an experience. Um, I was cast in this movie. Um, the casting director knew me from um, Big Dogs because we were filming Big Dogs in the Hudson Valley region. So I had kind of become a local uh, talent. And the filmmakers, um, Rem Cycle Productions is a production company. And Eric and Kristen are the lead producers and the writer director, um, writer producer rather, you know, knew of me. And the director of the movie, Pamela Moriarty had worked with me as an AD for years. So everybody kind of knew of each other. So I went in for a meeting with them and it is, it is one of those horror films that has a lot of comedy in it too. You know, it's like, there's a wonderful, you know, Lori Petty's in it and she is like, I mean, she just channels the horror camp Mm. that you want. So I instantly knew it was going to be really fun just to work on it. And my character, I call her Crazy Aunt Tina. She's Aunt <laughs> Tina in the movie, but I call her Crazy Aunt yeah. Tina. <laughs> because she, um, you know, she thinks she's psychic. She believes in the supernatural. She's 100% not. She has no special yeah. abilities, but she likes to drink wine and get in trouble. I'm and, sensing a uh, theme here. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, typecasting. Right. Are, are, are you so, going to be in a trashy dress and are you throwing that line on other people? In the... I have a big sun hat and a, the, the, like a straw bag and a glass of Chardonnay and almost everything. It's really, we had a lot of fun. It was filmed in the Hudson Valley up in Wartsboro and like just a, a really, really fun time working on that. Uh, bad things happen to crazy Aunt Tina. So I like to say mm. to any of my haters, you know, watch, watch bad things happen to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Wish fulfillment right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a, right, exactly. Like my ex-boyfriends are like, here we go. <laughs> you are and that's that's but, out um, there right yeah. now on Amazon Prime, it right? It is. Yeah. It is. It's uh, on so many platforms. I think Amazon Prime, Google Play, YouTube, Hulu, Voodoo. I think um, Gravitas Ventures was the distributor for that. And so they kind of got it everywhere on digital. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. If you're looking for like massive amounts of gore, this is not your movie. But if you're looking for like old school throwback horror, mm-hmm. this is it. It's, it's really fun. It's a good time. So I think uh, people listening to this can tell 
uh, that you have a great voice, which uh, you, you really <laughs> do. You. And yeah, I wasn't at all surprised to see that you're a voiceover actress. Last week we had uh, Debbie Derryberry, who's uh, she does the oh, voice yeah. of Jimmy Neutron and a bunch of other things. Oh, yeah. Um, but you also, you voice the characters for TV shows like Gladiators, Newbie, The Disasternauts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, tell uh, they tell us that animation is really the only thing that's still happening in Hollywood with uh, the pandemic. Is that true? I mean, are you still working at doing voiceovers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually converted my shoe closet, much to the demise of my wardrobe, uh, into <laughs> into a studio yeah. because of the pandemic. Um, my agents, uh, my agency, uh, Atlas Talent, so they did like, all voiceover. To me, very early on, they were like, listen, you know, I think it's going to be probably another six or eight months before we're back into the booths in Manhattan. And, you know, it could very well go longer. So I took the opportunity, converted it. It's great. I go in my little closet now. Hmm. But, yeah, I've been doing um, a lot of animation from home, but I've been also doing a lot of commercial. Um, I do narration and there's still a really interesting world of dubbing, which I, as an actor, it, it's um, one of those things that, you know, it's kind of horrifying to think about somebody else voicing your performance. Right. But I've done a lot of dubbing for the for, for shows that were recorded not in English, and then I do the English voice. There's a, uh, a show on Amazon called You Are Wanted, and probably one of the most challenging voiceover jobs I've ever done was playing one of the lead characters who gets attacked and has panic attacks. I mean, so it's very, very uh, emotionally charged. And to try to live up to her performance, voicing it and having to match the lip slaps and the sync perfectly, it was one of the most incredible experiences as a voiceover actor. And also the scariest, because I didn't want to let her down. You know, this, this yeah. German actress was incredible. And I felt a real responsibility. Uh, and when I found out that most people in America won't read subtitles, like it's eighty percent of people right. listen to the dubbing, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not a particularly <laughs> ambitious. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was like, that's such a bummer. Maybe we shouldn't convert the world to English after all. <laughs> No, we should, and that way yeah. there's no subtitles. If yeah. everything's in English, we don't need subtitles. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking about the voiceover thing, though. That, you know, a friend of ours is Amy Landecker, who is uh, in Transparent, but she also does a lot of voiceover stuff. And yeah. uh, she does voices for, um, like, major actresses. Like Julia who, Roberts, Yeah, right? like Julia Roberts, who haven't, they're, they're, we can't call her back to do this one line. Have Amy do impersonate her. Do you ever do stuff like that, too? I have. I have. And I've done, you know, ADR sessions where they're just missing a breath or a mm. scream or a grunt or wow. something like that. And I create that. Um, and I, I've done that a lot for children, actually, you know, because it's funny. Um, children tend to hold their breath in very emotional scenes. So they're very often missing the, you know, all the sounds mm -hmm. that go with it. 
And so um, there's a, a company called Audio Works, which is in New York, and I've gone in a lot and and done, you know, the some of the sounds, some of the breathing sounds for people, oh, which that, is that is awesome. How much you get? So cool. I mean, how much you get paid for so a breath? Because I could do that. <laughs> you need an old man grunt, right? Exactly. Yeah. You need a bald, middle-aged fat guy grunt. I'm your guy. That could be in the niche. We could. We can have you do the panting, right? We can do this, all the panting roles. Please, here you go. It's yeah, I walk up, a, I walk up a flight of stairs, and yeah. I'm your panter. Right, you know? that's uh, <laughs> a second nature. Oh, I love it. I love it. It just reminds me of how you know how many people it takes to bring yeah. a story to life, you yeah. know, and 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 how every little little part of that is. Um, you know, is is massive. We we worked on this show, and it's a show on Amazon Prime. I gotta tell you, I'm so proud of it. It's the biggest project I've ever worked on. Um, I was a showrunner on it. I'm an actor in it. It's called Big Dog. I got to act with some of the most incredible actors, like Lance Henriksen and you know Brett Cullen, Manny Perez, Jeff Cobra. It just goes on and on. This show, when I realized. You know, it took, we filmed for nine months and it took almost two and a half years to get it to network. The breadth of what is involved um, from the from the process of it being delivered to you as a script to the process of you delivering, you know, the final deliverables for, for foreign sales, it's, it's uh, stunning. That's a lot. So I get a huge lot. takes a village props to the crew. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge props to the crew of people who bring these things. I mean, it's it's funny they never the crew doesn't usually get their recognition. So we've been trying to feature behind the scenes um, things, especially during the shutdown, to kind of show the rest of the world all the people, the thousands of people it takes to bring you know something to life, so that you can watch it on your TV at home and. And it's so much more than than um, than just the wonderful actors. Well, so. and, awesome. and these people are really hurting, I would imagine, during COVID. Oh, I mean, they're it's, entire life. It's no really it, there's no work, and the work that is there is so. Um, I mean, you're you know, we're we're safe sets is a, is a real thing, and we're we're very very focused on how to get back to work safely. But it it's a whole new world, and so. The amount of people on sets are being cut down. So all those support positions, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're going without them. And so people losing their health care, it's like we're right at that oh. moment where, you know, we've been out of work for almost, almost six months and like that's your earning cycle, right? Oh, so, yeah. oh, it's scary. Yeah, well. so I just, you know, what are you going to do? You just wake up and keep going and try to stay healthy. But yeah, I, yeah. Hope, I hope that we can turn the corner soon. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard about this, but there's an election coming up in a couple of months. I, 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 I mean, is there? Yeah, yeah I, I saw oh I God. saw something on Twitter yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, something, something. Yeah. And uh-huh. it so happens that you're currently working on a show or a consulting producer on a show called The Ivanka Diaries, where and I love this. Uh-huh. I love this premise. It's that Ivanka <laughs> Trump wakes up at the wrong Trump property with no helpers yeah. and has to figure out how to do things. Which, in in a way, her father kind of <laughs> did that. You know, about four years ago. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. T- tell us a little bit about the Ivanka Diaries. Uh, so I am not creatively involved. Uh, I was more of a business consultant. However, um, one of the guys in Junction, he played Spot. His name is Harris Duran. Right, he's one of the um, mess Harris, guys. Right, right. Yep, he was one of the mess guys. He's the really, really funny mess guy, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> he is an incredible writer and director in his own right. 
And so anytime he comes up with an idea, and he's very, very politically active, he is He's incredible. You know, anytime, um, you know, before the pandemic, when there were events that were that were being, you know, put together for the blue wave, it's like he's the guy. And um, and so I'm so proud of him. But yeah, he he and I guess his partners came up with this. Um, and it's funny and people love funny. And so he called me and I just helped him get some of the business aspects together for it. So um, that's all him. <laughs> well, yeah, you he's are great, though. He's great. You are a movie mogul, uh, you know, with, <laughs> with your husband, uh, uh, Tony Glazer. You're the principals in choice films. And, you know, yeah. uh, the question I have, actually, there's two questions. First of all, mm-hmm. was it was it difficult to go from an actress to being the boss? And have you ever woken up with a severed horse head in your bed? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it... Um... It's interesting. Our our company is um, 17 years old, um, and it's one of those things where I feel like every project I learn and grow and, you know, want to get better and try to get better. But we were always from from day one, I was like, I want to surround myself with people who know a little bit more than I do so I can get Mm -hmm. better and I can grow. And... um, Yes, there have been bumps along the way. No severed horse heads, thank God. Um, <laughs> we've had we've had bumps along the way, and and I like to look back at those and say, well, it made me made me better because my father was an incredible um, businessman, and he always uh, he was you know retired military, and then he started a company that was a consulting company, and he always said to me. He said, you know, Summer, working with friends is one of the greatest things in the world, mm-hmm. and it's also the hardest thing in the world, because if you're their boss, it changes the dynamic. Yeah. And so we're really lucky. I call them our film family. We have a crew of, you know, probably, it's big. I mean, on Big Dogs Alone, we, we employed over a 1,000 people, but wow. our core crew, the people we work with over and over and over again, is probably, you know, 70, 80 people. And it's funny, there's a reason that once you kind of get this trusted group of people around you, it, it's, you want to keep them. So um, it, it, it's always a challenge, but it's a wonderful challenge. And having Tony, you know, by my side, people always say, oh my gosh, don't you guys get sick of each other? You live together, you work together, you play together. No, I mean, we're we're very similar and we're very different. So we balance each other out a lot. Um, so I love it. I just, I love it. And I don't love one side of the camera better you know i i get just as much excitement out of being a production manager producer line producer whatever hat i wear on the production side as i do getting to actually play the character you know people are like don't you feel and my agents are like wait a minute <laughs> don't you want one more than the other and i was like no i kind of enjoy being able to take off a hat and put on a different mm-hmm. hat well and you kind um, of have more control that way too don't you when it's definitely Definitely. And you really, that was one of the reasons I became a producer um, was because I wanted more control over the types of stories I was telling. And not that I didn't love being, you know, the soccer mom, the doctor, the lawyer, Mm. but I I wanted to be able to say, but the meth addict story is important too. I mean, you know, crazy drunk Aunt Tina is going to be a hoot to play. You're giving voice to the trashy woman throwing wine. Yes, exactly. She deserves to be her. So, so, and and it's an incredible, incredible time in the landscape of, of, you know, storytelling with the streaming possibilities, with technology, with being able to record from home. I mean, right. 
it's an incredible time because you really, if you have a story to tell, there is an audience for you. So, I mean, we'll see how, how things, I'm, I'm very hopeful that we're going to come out of this, you know, this virus shutdown in a way that, you know, maybe quality of life is going to be better. You know, I was just talking about this with, with some other production managers and we're saying, you know, the 14 hour day on set, like that should not be a thing we go back to. Right. We should yeah. 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 have balance. We should budget, you know, appropriately so that maybe an eight or 10 hour day is enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I think you also bring up a great point, you know, as far as doing your stuff in your closet, right? Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no commute. Right. And that time is oh my, with gosh. Your my hair has never been dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. time for another meth addict role. Then. <laughs> I kind of in camera ready right about now. <laughs> uh, um, you know, obviously we've talked, you know, talked about COVID, obviously. What um, did you have projects that were just shut down in mid filming or? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's, oh, yeah. What's I mean so it's funny. We we just entered phase four in upstate New York. So I live on the edge of Manhattan mm-hmm. in Jersey, but I also have a place in upstate New York because that's where our sound stages are, um, Umbra stages. Um, right before the shutdown, we had just started construction on two new stages. So we went from one stage to four stages during the shutdown, which we were like, oh, my gosh, are, are we insane? <laughs> Uh, interestingly enough, three of our stages are booked to August of next year, already oh, 2021, because there is such a backlog of things that were either going to be in Manhattan, uh, which are no longer going to be there just because it's, it's really hard um, right now to be able to properly socially distance and things, you know, when you have to take a subway to work. Sure. Um, so, but we did, we had a full slate of projects. Uh, our, we wrapped a film uh, called The Winter House. Um, that Tony and I were both producers on, Keith Boynton, writer-director, Lily Taylor and Francois Arnaud are the leads. It's, it's a beautiful uh, story about people who basically remove themselves from society. Who knew we were yeah. uh, talking about, <laughs> who knew we were pregnant? <laughs> it's a documentary, um, right? <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. a documentary. Yeah. You're alone in a house in the state New York, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we wrapped that at the end of February, and so on March 11th was the day I submitted like the final cost report, and it was also the day we were told you have to shut down. Yeah. So we oh, packed up our offices, went home, and we just went back about two and a half weeks ago, and I walked in and looked at the whiteboard that had the full production calendar for the year. And I was like, Sad. yeah, so we're going to spray that down and uh, just start over. Yeah, but yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Everything is, you know, coming back, though. So far, knock on wood, nothing has canceled. They've just scooched down yeah. the calendar. Yeah. Um, and we're following places like, you know, HBO and Amazon Studios and Netflix who are large enough um, that they can insure themselves and right. get back to work first. So that's that's happening. So very hopeful that um, that things are going to come back, you know, better. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. There's going to be some fundamental spiritual shifts, maybe, that is going to Make everything yeah. better. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I really, I really think so. I mean, and if I look at the positives, I mean, there's so many. You know, we could talk about the sad negatives all day long, but that's not going to help us. So, if I look at the positives that come out of this, I reconnected with family members mm-hmm. all across the country who, you know, we would talk at Christmas or you know at Thanksgiving, but like we zoomed and caught up with like cousins I haven't talked to in years. Uh, my garden has never looked better. I grew cauliflower in a pot <laughs> in New Jersey, guys. Like, 
wow, that happened. That I should be on your resume. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, why is that not on your IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my, I'm, I'm a descendant of Davy Crockett. I'm like, my ancestors are going to be proud. <laughs> are, are you really? A, are you really? A I descendant? am. Oh wow! Yes, great, 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 great. So four grades down, uh, he was my great, 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 great uncle, oh. and his son John W is buried in the graveyard in Paris, Tennessee, where I grew up. So about that? I mean, I think there's a lot of us across the country, you yeah. know, because he liked to sow those oats. But um, yeah, well, he he was. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, if I'm not. Yeah, him and his bear when he was only three. No lyrics. Yeah. Oh crap. Did you see how I spoke it? I did like. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's fine. And if we get sued, you're getting sued. So it's not going to be our problem. Yeah, you can find me in my closet in New Jersey with my colorful. Doing a commercial. Yes. Right. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. Okay. And we'll be right back. I'm Howard Sudbury, and I'm Steve Bass. And on the next Back to You, we're going to find out a lot of things about the art of fine cooking, but we're not going to find it out from Steve. One thing I do know that we learned, and I'm glad that it was reinforced, you've got to keep your feet out of the salad. We're going to talk to private chef Mike Cabisa. You're going to get hungry when you listen to Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And friends and everyone at Opie Shows want you to make sure to wash your hands. And if you're still one of those people who don't wash their hands after they use the bathroom, Please do that now. That's something you should have been doing anyway. Cover your mouth when you cough. You can save the world by sitting on your ass at home. You cannot afford to miss this opportunity. You won't get another one. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Stay home. You will be saving the world. And we're back. So before we let you go, uh, you know, people want to follow you. Uh, Where where can they find you? What is the best way to uh, follow Summer? Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I love my Instagram feed. I am at Summerly Moore. That's S-U-M-M-E-R-L-Y-M-O-O-R-E. But honestly, I'm so Googleable. There's Summer yeah. Crockett Moore. If you just Google me, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then, of course, our company website is choicefilms.com, where you can find direct links to all these movies that we've talked about. You know, anything, uh, Big Dogs, A Deadly Legend out now. And Junction. Oh my God, Junction! Later. Really, was, I loved, yep. loved both Junction. fans. Yeah, it was great. Oh, I'm so happy! I can't wait to tell Tony. He will be thrilled. I mean, it's just such a special, special project for us because it kind of launched us. You know. Yeah. So uh, I so appreciate it. You uh, guys are awesome. I mean, I was floored. I mean, seriously. I now the Fargo. You know, when it said I was expecting a mm-hmm. Fargo Breaking Bad, and, and I didn't really see the Fargo esque of it. But uh, <laughs> right, I mean, there were no yeah. wood chippers. <laughs> yeah, right. But right. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> but I was so just, that that's that's a free one for your next movie, the wood chipper thing. Uh, you the know. Wood chipper thing. We'll, we'll write that in for yes. sure. Yes, <laughs> always, always. Do it. it was great. And thank you again so much for your time. We really, oh, it's my pleasure. Really you guys are awesome. Oh, it's a pleasure. It. It's a pleasure. Thank you. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the other side. And we'll keep you. We'll keep in touch. Sounds good. I love it. Please do. Please do. See ya. Thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O-P-P-I-H shows. 
Radiomisfits.com. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, how's about my car and this horse for that Nash over on yonder? Plus, Bentley puts its classic V8 out to pasture. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Hostable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. 900 million, 900 schmillion. You might want to have the smaller order, honey. Lego up your nose? My brush with one of the biggest comedians in the world. All that and unlimited tangents if you listen to Minutia Men on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. If you missed Lausano or Los. Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed. I'm Rokan. Do you like to talk about <laughs> politics? I actually don't. Politics, the problem is I'm, I have no problem discussing politics. I just don't like uh, discussing it from that left-right paradigm the way that, that talk radio does it. Right. You know, where most of the, either, you know, the hosts are either, you know, very far to the right or very far to the left. Right. You know, most of them are very far to the right. And I grew up in this business, so I know what the trick is. And this is before talk radio was actually a political force in the 1980s. Yeah. I would say that two-thirds of the conservative talk shows in America don't believe anything that they're saying. Yeah. They're doing it solely to agitate so they can get phone calls. Right. There's a couple of things that worry me about the future. I mean, I, this is, I'm getting to be an old man because it's like, I all of a sudden, you know, back in my day, we didn't have <laughs> Armenian girls having sex with black guys. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And this is not against, you know, the uh, Republicans or conservative philosophy, because I, I happen to vote Republican more than I do Democrat, but I, I vote for both. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a centrist. I could yeah. see both sides, and I decide who's, who's got the better idea at that moment right. that I think is going to be better for the future. It's not always the same thing. It's not always right. some sort of dogma. The left dogma doesn't make any sense to me, and yeah. most of the right stuff doesn't make any right. sense to me. Well, I've always said MSNBC and Fox News, neither of them are news channels or no, entertainment no, no. channels. Oh, and it's that's, all entertainment. But people perceive it because they put the label news on it and present it like news. Right. And it's like, no, it's just talking points. The Federal Trade Commission should do something about that. It is completely entertaining. And I've worked in cable news, yeah. and I use that term loosely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I worked with Glenn Beck. I know, you I think know. that Glenn Beck oh my gosh. has any... I was his fill-in when he was at CNN. Yeah. To bring this around full circle, he was a morning DJ in Phoenix. Okay, yeah. Glenn... Yeah. As a showman, I mean, he's he, he didn't get in this for the right. politics of it. Right, right. I think Rush truly believes what he says. It. Really, I do. I yeah. always thought of him as more of an entertainer uh-uh. than anything. No, wow. I think he really believes it, mm. and he's very he's entertaining at doing it. He's yeah. very entertaining at doing and it, and he could do it without calls. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's what very saying. few guys can do that. Right. There's everybody in conservative talk radio has a first and last name. That's just like the same thing. Hugh Hewitt. <laughs> and uh, like Lou Lewis, and there's guys. I mean, literally, there are guys that you know. Tom Thompson. It's like, really? You think we're that stupid? That we can't remember your name? That you have to name yourself twice? Should have been Roro. Assholes. <laughs>
Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.